Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of the SNSW Podcast, we've reached the halfway point of the NFL season, and DK is still looking for answers. Dave Clark tells the AFC and NFC prediction teams to get that out of there. As we decide which teams should be banned from the NFL, which players should be removed from the Hall of Fame, and we look to remove a bad Super Bowl from the annals of history. With Joe and Rayshon once again facing off against Mike and Bobby, I have full confidence that today's show will be extremely friendly and with absolutely no confrontations. But first... This episode is being brought to you by Boxo Crafts. Boxo is an arts and crafts focused kids subscription box. Boxo is a parent run company that combines creativity and convenience in one monthly package, delivered right to your door. Boxo's premier box, Boxo Holidays, contains four separate art projects to get you and your family into the holiday spirit. Whether it's Halloween, Hanukkah, or Easter, they've got you covered with holiday fun. Boxo, we can't wait to see you create. Check out BoxoCrafts.com and exclusively to our listeners, enter promo code SNSW for 10% off your first order. That's B-O-X-O-Crafts.com, promo code SNSW. The SNSW Podcast is a one-hour weekly, two-hour monthly podcast recapping the biggest stories in the world of sports with a New England flavor. The show notes and transcript of today's episode can be found in the description box below, as well as our WordPress and Buzzsprout pages. If you're new to the show, consider subscribing. It's the easiest way to see when we publish new episodes. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Google, and wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate us and leave a review of any of our shows. We always appreciate your feedback. Also, be sure to follow us on all of our social medias. The links will be in the show notes. And now, this is the SNSW Podcast. But it's all relative. Hello and welcome to the Get That Out of Here show presented by the SNSW podcast. Today, I have the entire crew in an unprecedented NFL check-in show where we're going to play a little game. The game, title of the game, obviously, Get That Out of Here. I'm going to have in three categories, two teams, ban, category one, an NFL team, category two, any Hall of Fame player that is about to get into the Hall of Fame, we all know it, or is already in there, get him out of here. Delete him from history. Number three, category three, remove a Super Bowl from the annals of history. I don't care what the reasons are. They have to convince me to win the game. The teams are as follows. They're the same as our NFC, AFC prediction team because the winner of this game is going to get a point, like always, um, into their NFC, AFC predictions. So a quick introduction for the AFC team. 
Broadway Joe Melkin and Hollywood Rayshon Buchanan, the geographical location nickname team. How you doing, gents? Doing well, hanging in there, uh, ready to go. And someone's going to cry before the end of this episode tonight. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't agree more. I'm, I'm ready to go and I'm ready to flame Mike and Bobby. Let's get it. Let's go. Oh, wow. You guys are fired up. I love it. As you know, we do uh, an NFL quiz show every four weeks. And um, this is going to be the kind of the replacement of the quiz show in order to win a point. And last time, a lot of people said there was some biases because, you know, that the harder questions went to the AFC team. But this is just convincing me. You know, we're still going to flip a coin to see who goes first. But you guys did lose that one AFC team. Um, but your predictions are looking healthy. So, like, let's move over. Uh, Mike and Bobby, what's up, guys? How much, guys? Yeah, it's good to good to see you, DK. Good to hear from all of you. Uh, I just I just want to point out that I believe that they are uh, just faking this hype. Like they are not this this hyped up about anything. This is all just because Bobby, DK, and I fucking killed it on that prediction show, and they, <laughs> and they saw that it works. So I agree with that. And also, I just want to point out that if anyone's gonna cry in this show. Uh, our past recordings have showed us that if anyone's crying, it's definitely Joe because he's cried on two shows so far. So just say if anyone's cry- going home crying, it's it's Broadway Joe Malkin. Bobby, the scoreboard is going to be two to one. After <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will say this, guys, as much as we are a manly man sports show, it's 2020. We're all in touch with our feelings. So um, get that out of here. First ever inaugural episode. Um, we're going to start off with my patented Susan B. Anthony silver dollar, and we're going to flip it uh, to see who goes first. Bobby, call it in the air. Tails. I dropped it. Still counts? It was tails. Okay. The NFC team goes first. Category one. What NFL franchise are you going to permanently delete? Convince me. Go. So after thinking long and hard about this, we've decided that the New York Jets don't deserve to ever be mentioned again in the history of the NFL. Um, you know, DK, I'm going to tell you why. Uh, they're, they're, they are 100 games below 500, and they've been around for 58 years. They have a losing playoff record. And get this, just wait for it. Their winningest head coach has a fucking losing record. They, they still placate on their Broadway Joe Namath days. And they have not done a goddamn thing since. When you think about it, their best running back was a Patriots washed up running back. Their best quarterback isn't even in the top 35 uh, pastors of all time. So what are they? They're mediocre at best, but at their core, they do not deserve to be mentioned. That's why Bob Kelly and I have nominated the, uh, the Jets. Yeah, and to add on to that, I mean, even their fan base at this point knows how much of an awful franchise they are. They start out in week two saying just end the season. It's like, listen, how can your beginning of the season every single year, you already want to end the season? That's literally anything I've ever heard from a Jets fan is just end the season. Their name spells it out. This team has no business belonging in the NFL. Not only that, they've literally been a joke since Vinny Testaverde left that team. All right. They haven't done anything except for those couple wrecks Rex Ryan years, but even then, this dude just talks about feet the whole time. He's not even talking about the team. And before you go to the next team, uh, Dave, let me just ask you a question just off the cuff. What is your most prominent Jet memory? And it can't be the butt fumble. Thank you. That's what I thought. I know that's, that's it. That's it. Antagonizing the host will get you nowhere, first of all. Second I disagree. Of all, um, 
I'd, I, I do take issue with one stat that you mentioned, though, Mike. You said their winningest head coach. Uh, Webb uh, Eubank is 71, 77, and 6. As a Jet, as a Jet head coach. Correct. Because did what? am I completely imagining Bill Parcells being a Jet head coach? Oh, Did for, that never happen? For five years, that's what he's going to get. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna count his record for five years as. But a I'm not. I'm not here to argue with you. I'm just saying. I'm Sounds just like making. I'm just. I'm just clarifying what you're saying. So you are saying as a Jet, the winningest head coach, because Parcells obviously has a winning record as a head coach. But pause on that because yes, he does. But even Parcells left that team in an absolute dumpster fire. Okay. Parcells was great. Don't get me wrong. But what happened after Parcells left? Bill Belichick was the coach. You know what he did? He said, fuck you, Jets. I'm fucking out of here. The best coach ever in NFL history wanted nothing to do with that franchise. All right. They've literally been living on one Super Bowl win. For the last 60, 70 years, however long <laughs> that was. I don't even know anymore. Let's go to the AFC team. Are, are we rebutting or you want me to give our team? This is your rebuttal. Go for your full rebuttal. Good. So, Ray, I hope you don't mind if I jump in here on, on the first go around. Do, do your thing, uh, man. Bill Parcells was the head coach in New York for the Jets from 1997 to 1999. He went 9-7, 12-4, 8-8. Eight eight. He lost to the Denver Broncos in the AFC Championship game in 1998, which that Broncos team, I think we can all agree, uh, was one of the best uh, of the 90s. He finished with a 604 win percentage, 29-19, and 19, and went 1-1 one one in the playoffs. Um I can tell you that's pretty much better than what we're going to give you. And they also have a Super Bowl under their belt. They have one of the best quarterbacks of the 1960s to play on that team. And I know we're in 2020, but when we get to the second category, you'll understand why that that makes a difference. You mentioned Curtis Martin was washed up. He rushed for over a thousand yards, including a league leading 1,697 yards in 2004 for the New York Jets. His worst season was 735, and he only played in 12 games. He would have been over 1,000 yards had he not played or had he not missed those four games. He rushed for 8, 5, 9, 10, 7, 2, and 12, and 5 in his last year in the league as a New York Jet. He was far from washed up after only his three seasons in New England. Calling Curtis Martin washed up is an insult to not only the Jets, Curtis Martin, but also the New England Patriots franchise. They moved on from him at the right time because Bill Parcells wanted him in New York. Yeah, no, I, I mean, listen, I, I I get the excitement of picking the Jets. I get it. It's, I guess it's a legitimate pick, but listen, they've, they've had great players come through there. So, I mean, obviously we're not going to talk about someone like a Ken O'Brien, but obviously when you have Joe Namath, uh, you know, Brett Favre came in there and, and, and did something for the one year he was there. Um, you know, but I mean, listen, the, the argument went away when you said Curtis Martin was washed up. Like, I have to go there with Joe. Like, for him to get all the numbers that he got while he was there, he was far from washed up. You know, the man is a top, you know, 10 rusher of all time as far as yards. So, you know, the, the Jets obviously are a second team, but they're not, they're not the worst ever. And they're not someone that should be uh, a, a race from the history book. So we'll, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. You can leave it wherever you want, but if, if, if it was as easy as picking the worst team ever, this would be a really simple show. This team doesn't deserve to be even acknowledged anymore. They've been around for 60 years and are a hundred games under 500. Right. And, and not only that, but you look at any kind of pro besides Joe Namath's tenure, you look at any other tenure where they've had success in, in their franchise, 
Brett Favre. In their franchise, it ends in turmoil. And not only just turmoil, but embarrassment. So you think about Parcells. That ended with Belichick literally writing on a napkin. I quit. All right. You think about the Rex Ryan, Mark Sanchez tenure. Okay. They went to two AFC championship games. What's the only thing that you remember about that entire tenure? The butt fumble. All right. So, so you have the two most successful times in this team's franchise in the last 25 to 30 years. And it's marred by Belichick quitting by saying I'm quitting on a napkin. That's how much he respected them. He wrote a napkin and slid it across the table in a butt fumble. Like you're gonna take not how that happened. Well, but the, the I, I guess my question, like to you guys, that seems so really upset about the Jets being erased, is like, what do you lose without the Jets? Oh, I can tell you what you lose. So the first Patriots of all, Bobby, lose two wins a season. That's what they lose. That's, that's why not, he's upset. That's not true. Not in the two years that they went to the AFC Championship with Mark San- with Mark Sanchez. But I I just I, two points. First one, they are not a hundred games under five hundred. They, they are, are four games. They are, are ninety two five oh eight and eight. They are four oh eight five four oh eight. 508 no they are five they are 408 508 and eight that's just a fact i i, I mean we're, we're clearly looking at different records for the new york jets they must uh, let they it must be, let not, it be known let it be known that they do have different internet service providers so could be getting different information i know I, 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 <laughs> I, I figured it out i figured it out he's he's counting the eight losses from this season and not talking about the beginning of the season see that's what i'm talking about is that they're 408 508 coming into the 2020 season the other thing that Bobby has wrong, it wasn't a napkin that he slid across a table to say he was leaving. It was Bob Kraft who slid a napkin across to him and offered him the job. And then he quit the next day in a press conference after telling. I mean, Dennis, he's still a nap. A napkin still convinced Bill Belichick to quit. But like, anyway, 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 let's pull a, a it napkin convinced Josh McDaniels not to go to Indianapolis. Let's pull it back. Let's pull it back. Napkins have have power in the NFL. We know this. They're magical. <laughs> So a uh, valid argument from both sides. Very impressed, Joe, with uh, your your insane um, recall or or quick Googling one or the other of um, of running back stats there. Um, a few arguments I'm surprised I didn't hear from both teams is New York's already got a better uh, NFL franchise um, due to their their success in the last 20 years. Um, and I, I'm surprised I didn't hear that argument. So obviously that's inadmissible now because I had to think of it for you. Um, and I'm a little bit surprised that the uh, AFC team didn't give a little bit of an argument um, that it's it's impossible to take sports franchises away from the city of New York. You know, great city, jewel of the empire. Um, but hey, here we are. Uh, that was a great that was a great segment, guys. Good job. I would now like to move on to the AFC team's pick for banishment, trash takeout of their NFL franchise. Hit me. Ray, you mind if I take this one because I, I'm about to demolish their absolutely terrible argument for the New York Jets being abolished. And you know what, uh, Dave? Watch Joe call the Chicago Bears. <laughs> Dave, you are absolutely right about not taking teams out of New York, but neither one of those NFL franchises play in New York. There's only one in the state of New York. Here is our uh, band team from the NFL, and that would be the one – Mike Marcangelo's pick to win the NFC North, the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions have had players like Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, two of the best at their prospective positions, but they also retired early, both before they, well, one was before he turned 30. I believe the other was 30 because they didn't want to play for those franchises anymore. You want to talk about a franchise that's been around for Mike, how long are the Jets around for? 
Uh, since the 60s. Yeah, I know, I know. The Lions have been around since the 30s. I get Good. it. 1930 was their first season. Not only have they not won a Super Bowl like the New York Jets, they've never been to one. Their last playoff win was against the Dallas Cowboys, 38-6 to in 1992 in the divisional round. They're 0-9 in playoff games since then. The Lions have played the fifth most games among all NFL teams, but at 25th out of 32 in terms of win percentage, 457, 50, 562, 670, and 33 coming into the year, that's 108 games below 500. Also, two spots ahead of the, uh, the New York Jets. The slew of bad coaches that the Ford family has hired has been deplorable. Jim Caldwell is the most recent coach with a winning record at 36 and 28. That's a 563 win percentage. Before that, the last coach to uh, to coach at least one entire season to have a winning record was Joe Schmidt from 1967 to 1972 with a 43-34 and 7 record, 554 win percentage. They had one of the worst general managers in NFL history in my opinion, but I think we can all agree that Matt Millen was absolutely terrible as an NFL GM. He had the job for way too long, 2001 to 2007, and even said that he was in over his head while in Detroit. The team was 31 and 81, a 277 win percentage with at least nine losses every season that he was a general manager. And the year after they fired Millen, the Lions went 0-16, the only franchise in NFL history to not win a game in a season. The best thing that came out of that was that they picked Matt Stafford in 2009 out of Georgia. To close out my argument and go to Ray, the Ford family has made a lot of money off their cars and off their franchise football franchise, but they need to stick to what they're good at, and that's cars. And this team should be wiped off the face of the earth. Beautiful, beautiful. Bra- bra- bravo. Uh, yes, we get it. Barry Sanders, awesome. Lomas Brown, awesome. Scott Mitchell, when he was there, awesome. Uh, Lomas Brown, Herman Moore, you know, that's Bobby's boy, Herman Moore. I get it, you know, um, you know, decent players that came to their organization. Um, but I would also, I also will never forget or forgive them, I should say, for having us think that Joey Harrington was a decent quarterback and Aaron having him play on every Thanksgiving game with them sorry ass uniforms, you know, looking like tinfoil coming out of, uh, you know, coming out of the locker room. So it, it was, it was insane. Uh, it was pathetic, and the fact that they were part of Thanksgiving tradition really makes me sick. Also, uh, this team cannot handle prosperity, Mike. They, they just can't. Like I said, we just said, they have not been to a Super Bowl. Not an NFC Championship game, not a divisional round. They're 1-9 in nine in the last 30 years. 1-9. At, at least at least the Jets have actually won a playoff game, or playoff games for that matter, and been uh, to back-to-back NFC Championship games. We'll leave it at that. Um, you know, like I said, can't handle prosperity. But, you know, the only thing they should be remembered for is Motown Records. So shout out to Barry Gordy. Wow. All right. That was an impassioned, an impassioned plea to delete the Detroit Lions from the annals of NFL history. Uh, good job, guys. Uh, moving over to the NFC rebuttal. Go ahead. I just, I just have one question for you two. Do you hate fun? Do you hate every November on the third Thursday of the month, on the third Thursday of the month, every single year since I can remember, I have watched the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving. And you're telling me that you want to take that tradition away from me? You want to take my turkey and football away from me? That first football game is 
is is just you can't take that away. The Detroit Lions play on Thanksgiving Day. You take that away, you take away something that I remember from my childhood, something that dates back so long. And, and it's not even about how successful they are. It's just about that image of the Detroit Lions playing on Thanksgiving. You can't take that away from America. You can't do it. It could be argued that if not for the initial success of the Detroit Lions that the NFL would never have expanded the way that they did and then merged with the AFL to become the conglomerate that they are. So you are removing that and removing all that we know as, as the NFL currently. And when we talked about the New York jets, you looked at me and you said uh, you were appalled because we're going to just abolish them because they were a hundred games below 500. So are the lions and they've been playing for 30 or for 40 more years and they have great players you want to remove barry fucking sanders from the nfl that's what you want to do gone poof gone well, no someone I'm, else I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to call i'm gonna have to call bullshit on that unfortunately it's not as if barry sanders wouldn't have been drafted but, but so you but so right he may not have been drafted but this no, he would have had... been drafted regardless he would have been drafted by somebody better and, and perhaps won a super bowl i don't know if that's a good argument maybe i'd steer away from that plus on top of that all right Hasn't Detroit already suffered enough, boys? Haven't they already been through enough shit? You're going to take away their one pride and joy, and that is the Detroit Lions. Granted, Eminem. Well, all right. Eminem. All right. Yeah. Okay. So it's like number one Eminem, number two Detroit Lions. Okay. You're going to take that away from them. This city is in utter distress when it comes to their economy they're in utter distress when it comes to so much in their life and you know what they wake up once a week thinking hey at least we have a football team to watch if you take away that team in new york do you think they wake up thinking man i wish we had no they have two other fucking cheat teams to choose from (laughs) all right so like well nobody's driving to buffalo yeah, just I mean, just I think I think I think we're better off just by ending ending with the argument that we started with, dude. Listen, without the Lions, you don't get the, the NFL that you that you come to know today. They are one of the pillars of the of the NFL. So if you want to remove them, I mean, what are we talking about? This is a completely different sport without the Lions in it. That's the most 2020 statement I've heard. <laughs> what else the Detroit Lions? We don't have the NFL. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Moving on. Um, I'm, I've come to my decision. Uh, I think you guys both made really great arguments. Um, I think that the rebuttal to the Lions pick by the NFC team was fantastic. But um, I also think that the the fact that you picked the New York Jets, you really just didn't sell me on losing the New York Jets. And I, I could, in my head, when you presented the New York Jets as your pick, I needed you to tell me why it was the Jets and not literally six other t- teams that I was thinking of off the top of my head. And... To me, the great city of New York, you know, the Detroit Lions, they're just, they're the definition of bad. And I think that the thing that really kicked me over the edge was Joe's reminder that the Detroit Lions are the only team in NFL history to go to a full season without winning a game. And that level of patheticness, I think, does warrant uh, deletion from the annals of history. Although I will say, I think there was teams that both of you could have picked that would have been better choices. The fact that nobody said the Cleveland Browns is... Is shocking to that me. That was our second choice. Yeah, yeah, and and probably because you know we did make some rules about overlap and stuff like that. But well, no, they've already they've already been team. they've already been deleted once. That's why they already were deleted once, and we brought them back. 
You know what I mean? You can't delete I, that. I, I, I half expected the Houston Texans to come in because they're the most recent franchise and they've done nothing since they came in. Maybe somebody was going to make a point about the Cincinnati Bengals because the city of Cincinnati could conceivably be deleted and nothing would go wrong. Um, but yeah, here we are. I, I have to give it to the, to the Detroit Lions team. But, but well fought, gentlemen. Well fought. Well fought. One nothing AFC. So category two. Hall of Fame player or future Hall of Fame player, one we know is going to go in there, like no matter what. Um, I believe you guys both picked already in the Hall of Fame, guys. So we're going to now, since the NFC started the first category, I'm going to let the AFC team start this one. Convince me which Hall of Fame player should be deleted forever. Go ahead. Yeah, so, uh, Ray, what do you, uh, I think we both got uh, poop-eating grins over here. Who do you want to take this one? Uh, oh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. You can say shit, Joe. It's a podcast. Yeah, shit, 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 shit. They should lose just for that line. Uh, you know <laughs> what, Bobby? Bobby, Bobby, get get prepared. Ray, let's drop it on him. All right. So drum, drum roll, please. Uh, <laughs> so the guy that, has, that should be removed from the Hall of Fame is none other than former Oklahoma Sooner great, former Dallas Cowboy great, so to speak, Troy Aikman. He was not that good of a quarterback. That's right. You walk away from the chair, Bobby. Ladies take and gentlemen, this, Bobby take this has out. stormed take out. This out. <laughs> he never threw more than 20. He only threw uh, more than 20 touchdowns once in his career. Um, he never threw for more than 3,500 yards. Like he got carried by Emma Smith. He got carried by Michael Irvin. He got carried by that defense. So he is someone that should be gone. He should be gone. He was a system guy in Oklahoma. And he was a system guy in Dallas. So that's the definition of a system guy, not the guy that was in New England. It's your guy, Trey Aikman. He should be removed, removed out the Hall of Fame. He should be in the Hall of Very Good because he, he wasn't a great player. And end of, story, end of discussion. There are 26 modern era quarterbacks in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Bleacher Report, which I think we all think is a good source of news, ranks Aikman 23rd of 26 Aikman never put up big numbers with Michael Irvin as his top receiver and Emmett Smith in the backfield as, as Rayshon said, he only his highest passing touchdown total was 23 in 1992, which was his best season in the NFL. As Ray said that his highest yards uh, passing yard season 92 was 3,445 yards. He played 12 seasons, and in four of those seasons, he threw more interceptions and touchdowns, 89, 90, 96, and 2000. He finished his career with 165 touchdowns, 25th among all Hall of Fame quarterbacks, 32,942 passing yards, 12th among Hall of Fame quarterbacks. He had a career 1.17 touchdown-to-interception ratio with 165 touchdowns, 141 interceptions, and posted a lowly 61.5 completion percentage. In his 165 career games, he averaged just a touchdown a game and .85 interceptions a game. Aikman and Roger Staubach, two, two Cowboys quarterbacks, Staubach's better than Aikman, are the only two Hall of Fame quarterbacks without a career all-pro selection. And due to injury, he only played a full season three times in his career, but never played less than 11 games in a season. His career was made by a great backfield, a great offensive line, and a system that fit his ability. Wow. That was a scathing assessment of Troy Aikman's career. Um, I, I did say as part of the rules that I was not going to bring my personal biases into this, and I am trying my best to do that. Um, I was kind of too young to watch Troy Aikman play. Um, but 
I hate him so much as a commentator that if you do delete him from uh, quarterback, then <laughs> then you know that quickly deletes his commentary job. Also, like I'm not trying to come after the guy's livelihood. Thankfully, our deletion show doesn't actually delete them, but it's a good it's a good call. It's a good call. So. If, so you guys are doing well so far. Um, too early to tell, though. Uh, we are recording this on election night, 2020. So too early to tell. Okay, go ahead. NFC team, rebut. Listen, listen. You're telling me that you're going to delete someone who was the quarterback of four Super Bowl wins. Granted, yes, don't. He may not have had the stats. All right, he may not have had the stats. Three, three. I apologize. Three, three Super Bowl wins. He may not have had the stats. But this man was the quarterback of literally the franchise of the 90s. Okay. Well, what are we really talking about here? You know what I mean? So Tom Brady, 2001, 2003, 2004. Did this man put up the great stats? No. He led them to Super Bowl victories, right? And even at that point, if Tom Brady had never won another Super Bowl, he still would have been in the Hall of Fame. Are you guys fucking kidding me right now? Like when it comes to a great quarterback, what matters is what they do when it comes down to the crunch time of the game. This man's first Super Bowl ever, 273 yards and four touchdowns, quarterback rating 140. All right. Against the Steelers, a touchdown quarterback rating of 108. Come on, guys. Come on. The leader of the best team of the 90s, the all-decade Cowboys, and that's who you're going to delete from the Hall of Fame? All right? It, the, the, get the, get out of here. Get out of here. We're talking about stats, not greatness. All right? You two are the biggest conveyors of this. All right? Stats lie, and you both know it. Stats what it comes lie. down to it is the greatness isn't always measured by the numbers, okay? And he won three Super Bowls. They do not win those Super Bowls without Troy Aikman. And I can guarantee you that. Exactly. How to lie with statistics. Leaders are, it's so evident when you have a real leader on that team, okay? And Troy Aikman was exactly that, period, period. He, 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 he will always go down in history as the three-time Super Bowl-winning quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, okay? Period. My God. Glorified trend, Dofer. I had to say that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dave. I had to say that. <laughs> continue, continue, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, you know what? It's a, it's, a, it's a consistent joke that always lands when you're talking about quarterbacks and you want to mention a bad one that has a Super Bowl. The Trent Dilfer card always plays, and it always will. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you follow up that impassioned plea by someone who's actually a Cowboys fan who actually lived it and who has all the the, the emotions to back it up. I would just say, like, listen, uh, Michael Irvin isn't a great player without without Troy Aikman. Agreed. I would say Emmitt Smith yep. is not a great running back without Troy Aikman. I think that the, the the threat of Troy Aikman allowed Emmitt Smith to run further and faster and harder because of him there. Um, so if you're gonna if you're gonna remove somebody from uh, the NFL Hall of Fame, I can't I just can't really fathom how you can do a quarterback who led his team to three uh, to three Super Bowl uh, wins after that team was trash, but before him trash, after him trash. So clearly the common denominator is Troy Goddamn Aikman. Irvin and Smith were both there for three to four years after Aikman left. As soon as Aikman left, that team fell apart. Plus, last argument I'll make, 
is the NFL was so much different in the 90s. So much different. 23 to 27 touchdowns from 1992 to 1998 put you in the top five. Now it's number 15 in the league. It's a, such a different league. You can't take stats from the 90s and compare them to today. You just can't do so, it. Wait, wait. So what What about Elway? What about Favre? What about Marino? So how many Montana? Super Bowls? How many no, wait, Super Bowls did Elway so, win? How many Elway got two? Elway has two. I'm just saying. This isn't how this works. They put up the stats. They weren't great because they didn't bring home the trophies. There was no rings on the fingers, okay? It wasn't until Terrell Davis was in Denver that he got it ring. You know why? I'm pulling the ripcord, Bobby. I'm pulling the ripcord. I feel like you can go on for another 30 minutes. Oh, dude. Very impassioned. I appreciate your passion. Um, I think that the the that was great points from both sides on Troy Aikman. I think uh, Mike made, made, did make a very good point um, that the Cowboys were bad before Troy Aikman got there. And as we oft talk about on this podcast, and Bobby, unfortunately, will have to agree, they were quite bad after. Um, so good point. And then a good rebuttal. We're doing great. Uh, let's hear the <laughs> NFC pick for Hall of Fame career deletion. Go. So following the script that we kind of just that we just kind of wrote up for you guys, where the team was uh, bad before and bad after, and that quarterback you guys picked led them to three championships. We choose Dan Marino. You want to know why? Dan Marino goes to the Miami Dolphins when they are when they had not had one losing season. Uh, sorry, had one losing season fourteen years. Has the all time winningest head coach as his head coach, and what does he do? He can't win anything. He can't win it. Not one championship could he win. He, he could only get there once. This man, Hall of Famers make their team better. He didn't. He was a player that gained fame and accolades for himself in a team sport, but didn't do anything. I'm going to hit you with this. You ready? In his career, the playoff games where Marino uh, threw fewer than two interceptions, they were seven and one. When he threw more, they were one and nine. So his record in the playoffs was eight and 10. With the best coach in the history of the league, Don Shula. So when he left, who does he get? Jimmy Johnson, who had just won two Super Bowls with Dallas. And what did Dan Marino do? Nothing. Because he's he he is a sackless quarterback who could just throw the, the ball far, long. But, but when it counted, when it mattered, he couldn't do a goddamn thing. When you think about what the quarterback position is, what they're measured at, it's winning Super Bowls, is leading your team to championships. All right? What do I remember Dan Marino most? Might be because of my age, but it's getting thrashed by the Jacksonville. I think it was Jacksonville, but someone in his last career playoff game, and it was 52 to 10. This man, when the time came down to it, he crumbled. All right. You're 10 games in the playoffs where this man threw more than two interceptions. All right. He had a prolific career. 420 touchdowns, 250 interceptions. That touchdown to interception ratio. And you're telling me in 10 playoff games, he threw more than two interceptions. If that was Tom Brady, he would have been ran out of New England in four years. Here's, here's what, I, what I also want to point out, just to add this, to add to our case. I remember that they played 14 game seasons in the 70s, right? Uh, the Dolphins lost 39 games in that decade total. So they averaged less than four losses per season when they drafted Dan Marino and they still could not win a Super Bowl with him. Sackless dude. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was, that was, that was a good point. You know, when you first said Dan Marino, I wasn't sold. Um, I knew you were going to go the Super Bowl route, but when you started <clears throat> chalking off those 
playoff uh, numbers. That's I did not know he was that bad in the playoffs. That's everyone's main criticism of Peyton Manning is, is his playoff record compared to his regular season record. So good point. Also, I'll point out that Dan Marino is very famous for not holding snaps for kicks very well um, because of Ray Finkel in Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Wonderful film that only becomes overtly transphobic at the very end. So let's um, move on to the rebuttal section. You're done, Bobby. Uh, Let's move on to the rebuttal section. (laughs) Troy Aikman has, has three Super Bowls. Peyton Manning has two. Eli Manning has two. Tom Brady has six. Trent Dilfer has one. Okay, so Bobby wants to say that winning a Super Bowl is what we measure quarterbacks by. And again, we're going to bring him up for the second time. This is like Priest Holmes all over again. Trent Dilfer has a Super Bowl. (laughs) By Bobby's definition, Trent Dilfer is a Hall of Fame quarterback by that definition. If if we take I don't I don't care who's whose definition it is. By definition, Trent Dilfer should be in Canton. That's the way it should be because they had the best defense that year. Right. So if if we. If we take a look at the the regular season comparison for these two quarterbacks and we look at the two quarterbacks that we've talked about, because this is the argument now, right? They're both out on the table. Dan Marino has 420 career touchdowns. That is, what is that, 65 more than uh, Troy Aikman? Sure, 252 interceptions. You guys might laugh at this one, but uh, that's actually a better touchdown-to-interception ratio um, than Troy Aikman at 1.6 compared to Troy Aikman's 1.7. Now, granted, Troy Aikman has won three. He won three Super Bowls. Bobby, you're never going to take it away from him, and and I, I would never want to take that away from him. But what we're arguing is that he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame because if they don't have that – I, I understand where you're going to go, Dave – but if they if they don't have that offensive line and they don't have uh, Irvin and they don't have Emmett Smith, they may not win all three of those. And, you know, Bobby, I was actually surprised you didn't come in with the argument that that he won with two different head coaches because Jimmy Johnson left after the 1993 season and then they won in 1994. Right. But they also won those against the Buffalo Bills, who were on the back end of losing four straight Super Bowls. So. I, I mean, are, do we take anything away from that at the fact that one of those Super Bowls was was lost, was given to the Cowboys by the Bills? So then, hang on, Mike. I know you you are Bob Kellying everywhere, all over your house right now. Dan Marino, if you're absolutely right that his playoff numbers do not put him into the Hall of Fame. His regular season numbers are better than Troy Aikman's. They will always be better than Troy Aikman's. You you can talk about his completion percentage in his career, which is lower than Troy Aikman's. He played more seasons. He had more touchdowns. In 1984, he threw 48 touchdowns. Third, and and Bobby, you're you're sitting here telling us that we can't compare numbers for the '90s between two guys. We can't that a 23 touchdown season is great. Dan Marino threw for 20, 48, 30, 44, 26, 28, 24, 21. 20. Should I go on, or do you want me to stop? Because Dan Marino is a better regular season quarterback and was a better talent. Name and and I I always hate this as a sports fan. Name me some guys on that team. 
what did Dan Marino have around him in, in South Florida? Oh, I, I, I got you, Joe. I got you. Can 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 the teacher teach for a second? Can I can I take sure. y'all down memory lane for a second? Can Go I, ahead, Mr. B. All right, okay, cool. Yeah, Mr. B, classes in session. So let's 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 take it back to the seventies, right? When the Dolphins were the premier team outside of the Steelers, right? So okay, Bob Greasy, Mercury Morris. Paul Warf- Warfield. Oh, I was even talking about during the time of oh, Marino, right, yeah. but carry oh, right. on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, that's what just said Paul Warfield, uh, Manny Fernandez, who was a great defensive lineman at the time. So, you know, those are the guys that you you start, you start thinking about um, when you think about that team. When Don Shula had the best talent, so to speak, they won. So whatever, they go a few years, you know, some people go off to different places and play elsewhere. Then out of, out of Pittsburgh, you know, you think about yeah, that, Elway, the 83 draft, it's Elway, it's Marino, who's going to go where? You know, Dan Marino's killing everybody in Pittsburgh. Or like I said in the previous episode, he was tearing their ass up in Pittsburgh. He comes into the league. His second year in the league, he throws for 5,084 yards. That record did not get broken until 2011 by Drew Brees. So even though Joe said, he, I hate, and I hate that argument too, you can outside of their receivers was like Mark Duper and Mark. I think Mark Clayton. You they, they called them the Marcus Brothers, I believe. You cannot name anybody on that that Miami team, especially on that defense, especially on that defense. So they didn't have a great player on defense really until you talked about uh, Zach Thomas, Patrick Sertain, um, Jason Taylor. So that was later in his career. If he had them boys early on, I I promise you they probably get back to the Super Bowl. Now, granted, we don't we don't play in hypotheticals or whatever, so we'll never know. But even with his numbers, sixty one thousand three hundred sixty one yards, he's damn sure better than your boy Troy. And I promise you, if he had an Aikman, if he had a, if he had a Michael Irvin, if he had a Ken Norton, if he had a Deion Sanders, if he had a Leon Lett, you know, I, I could I could keep going on and on. I promise you. He's the one holding up three or four. Hell, he might even want more than that because he was, in the words of Triple H, Mike, we use this line all the time. He was that damn good. All right, this is this is such a tough this is such a tough uh, this is such a tough one because I think there's been such good points on both sides. What I'm going to do is I'm going to let the NFC team have 45 seconds. You guys can elect somebody to re- to rebut. Not both of you have 45 seconds to convince me because I'm right in the middle right now and I and I don't know where which way to go. So. Let's see what you guys can do. 45 seconds, go. Okay, so a couple of things that you said, Joe. You said that uh, based on our scoring that we that we would rank Trent Dilfer as a better quarterback than Dan Marino. No, Dan Marino was drafted by, or he would be in the Hall of Fame over Dan Marino, right? No, Dan Marino was drafted by the greatest, one of the greatest coaches, the all-time winningest coach in NFL history. Couldn't do anything. You also mentioned that Troy Aikman beat the, Dallas, uh, uh, beat the Buffalo Bills when they went to four straight uh, Super Bowls. What, what conference are they in? AFC? That's the same conference as Dan fucking Marino, and he couldn't beat those Buffalo Bills to get there. This guy had the greatest, two of the greatest uh, coaches in NFL history and could not win a goddamn thing with them. He is the greatest regular season quarterback. Great. I know that you guys love paper champions. We don't put them in Canton on the show for that, okay? Dan Marino's out. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I Dan mean, Marino honestly, was injured I, for one of those seasons. <clears throat> I... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to ponder this. I'm going to need to think about this. Um, stay tuned until the end of the show um, for my reveal on this pick. Uh, but I need time. I need time. This is a, this is a tough argument. So I'm going to be, as the host of the show, I'm going to, as we like to say here, slap my speaker of the house dick on the table and uh, buy myself a little bit of time because I, I got to ponder this while you guys are arguing the next category. So that's category three by Bob Kelly. 
<laughs> That's fine. I'll send you the 46 cents. Um, so moving on to the third category, we are going to ban forever a Super Bowl. Any Super Bowl played in any time uh, since the inauguration of the Super Bowl um, is going to be taken away. Uh, which team went first last? Oh, we uh, okay, cool. So the other team go first. Go. What we're going to do here is we are going to remove Super Bowl 35 from the annals of history. Never happened. It was Ravens 34, Giants 7. Basically what happened, that was uh, Kerry Collins versus Trent Dilfer. That right there is a sports. <laughs> That's it. Wait a second. That's that the argument. Is a sports... Wait a second. That's the third Trent Dilfer reference. That's three. That's we got to get him on the show. <laughs> In our estimation, uh, Dilfer versus Collins is the equivalent of a sports boner killer. Right. With the only good thing that happened in that Super Bowl was highlighted by seeing Britney Spears in her prime. That Super Bowl, I will have you uh, I'll have you know, was sandwiched between the Rams versus the Titans, which came down to the last play and the last yard and the night that everybody was Patriots and the Patriots were all world champions. That is that Super Bowl is already fucking forgotten. Baltimore only allowed one hundred and fifty two yards of offense in that game. And again, let me tell you. Trent Dilfer was a quarterback. <laughs> Can I, also, on top of that, let's remember that not only was this game the most boring Super Bowl that I can remember, but also the Super Bowl MVP wasn't even allowed to say that he was going to Disney World after this game because he was accused of murder. Okay? The <laughs> only Super Bowl in history where they told the Super Bowl MVP, Ray Lewis, that he could not go on camera and say, I'm going to Disney World because it was a PR nightmare. Are you? The NFL wants to get rid of this Super Bowl. Not only are we going to get rid of this Super Bowl, but the NFL would get rid of this Super Bowl with open arms. They would love it if the Super Bowl was gone because guess what? All that is also gone. I would say that the overwhelming majority of fans forget that this ever happened. And the only thing that you sacrifice by eliminating this from history is your chance to win fucking pub trivia at the 99 on the Thursday night. Nobody cares about this Super Bowl. It's gone. Wait, hold on. Hold on one second. So, I, you know, I wouldn't normally uh, show the lead like this, but um, I have to say the AFC team is going to have a really easy time beating you guys based on your arguments. Um, just for me personally, uh, I love pub trivia. Okay. <laughs> It's fantastic. I play it all the time, or at least pre-COVID I did. Um, I think the I'm going to Disney World thing, I think the I'm going to Disney World thing is super stupid, and it's obviously just Disney World paying for advertisement. <laughs> and uh, I also say I love that team. I love that Ravens team, man. Like the Ed Reed, Ray Lewis. Anyway, I'm not the one arguing against Ed, it, but I feel like this is going to be an easy win. Just be clear, Ed Reed wasn't there, so strike that for the record. He wasn't? I thought he no, was on that no, team. No, he sure wasn't. So uh, I'm going to take a, a play out of Mr. B's book here, and I'm going to tell you guys that you're crazy. Um, yeah, of course they held him to 153 offensive yards. It's one of the best defenses of all time. Are you kidding me? Ray Lewis, Rod Woodson, Chris McAllister. They had. They even had Tony Saragusa, Sam Adams. I mean, the offensive side of the ball. They had Jonathan Ogden and Shannon Sharp. There were four Hall of Famers on that Ravens team, two on offense, two on defense. Yeah, it was Trent Dilfer against Kerry Collins. But as we found out, well, I mean, anybody can win a Super Bowl except for Dan Marino. So huh. they they had Sam. Ga oh, wait, here's another good one. 
Priest Holmes. That was the year that Priest Holmes was on the Ravens team and they won that Super Bowl. They allowed 153 yards because it was the best, one of the best defenses of all time. And Brian Billick was an absolute savage as the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens. And they picked that up after coming out of Cleveland. They picked that franchise up and said, we're going to figure it out. And who the hell cares if Ray Lewis couldn't say, I'm going to Disney World. If that's what they want to tell him not to say or to say, he could have walked up there and said it anyway, but he was getting paid also not to say it. So he was taking the money. 34 to 7 is the final. The Giants only won uh, or only scored seven points. You know what the best part about this is? The Baltimore Ravens had one of the best defenses of all time, and they finished fourth in the AFC, and the New York Giants were the number one seed in the NFC. And the and the Ravens waltzed in and, hey, Ray, beat they ass. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's right. They, they, they beat their ass. Exactly, Joe. Exactly. And that, that is perfectly said. Now, we talked about loving defense and we saying that, oh, you know, it was different in the 90s and early 2000s. Well, if you love the defensive game or defensive teams, which, you know, all of us uh, have been fans of teams that had great defenses at one point, you know, how, how do you not uh, – well, I mean, except Bobby. Uh, no, I'm kidding. The Cowboys and the Knights had a pretty good defense. <laughs> no, but it's, it's – We'll disagree like, with you on that one. Yeah, but it's, 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 like, come, it's like, come on, man. But listen, 35-7 to 7, – you know, like I said, we, we, are, we just named the names that was on that defense, man. Like, uh, I mean, granted, now, I, I don't remember much from that Super Bowl. I remember more of the AFC Championship game when, you know, uh, you know Shannon Sharp ran like a 92-yard uh, touchdown. That basically, like, won them the game against Oakland, you know, against uh, Davis boy uh, John Gruden. But, listen, man, that defense was all-time. And, listen, yes, we we know what happened with Ray Lewis and, you know, what, what he was accused of. Um, the Giants also got murdered that afternoon and you know that's, <laughs> too that's, soon. Just, that's just what it is <laughs> too, too too soon however you want to put it but the giant the giants got yeah yeah it's, it's honest though it's real the giants got killed that day and they um, wouldn't let ray lewis they it, wouldn't it, let ray lewis so i'm going to disney because he just it, murdered all those giants <laughs> but one last thing i i don't understand how uh, you want to take this off? I mean, guys, wait, 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 hang wait. on, hang on. This music, go back, the back and forth. Hey, well, hey. Yeah, oh, oh, sorry, have a seat. Relax. This music, this the music, the musical artists in this Super Bowl are like our childhood. All right, right. You're buzzing again. It's the best part about the entire Super Bowl. That's it. That's all. The that's Backstreet Boys sang the national anthem, and then it was sure Aerosmith, did. Britney Spears, Nelly, Mary J. Blige, and NSYNC in the halftime show. Are you kidding me? I can think of three Super Bowls, including ours that I would, that I can name that I would get off of the list before this one. Okay. But this is the Super Bowl, not a concert. Okay. Right. This is, this isn't a 90s teeny right, bopper right, concert. Right. You guys, you guys had your time. You guys had your time. Let's, uh, let's keep going. Let's go to, uh, I don't know who we're, I don't know who we're fighting here. BK, BK is it uh, Dave or their team? I'm here? not sure, man. I'm not. Well, I mean, I mean, if you I guys keep breaking anymore. the rules, you guys keep breaking the rules. You're not. Joe's arguing more against my, whatever, whatever. Twice. All right. Settle down, everybody. I'm just trying to keep the Tigers in their cages here. Okay, I'm just trying to keep the show moving. Let's go over to the AFC team, um, and let's give them their chance to convince me which Super Bowl goes away. Go ahead, guys. And I have to say, you are going to have an easy time, because I really don't hate that Super Bowl, but go ahead. So, uh, Super Bowl 41 is our our pick, uh, which is the Super Bowl between the Indianapolis Colts and Dave's Chicago Bears. And that's, well, that's good luck. not fair. That's not fair. That's, that's absolutely fair. 
Hey, that's within the rules. I mean, we we could have picked a Chicago. We could have said Brian Urlacher shouldn't have been in the Hall of Fame, and and really wait, wait, given wait, wait, you wait. that. How one. is it not fair to but, you, Bobby? They're about to talk me out of the only time I've ever seen the Bears go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't see. I don't see how they're going to be able to pull this yeah, off. Just, well, just here we go. Here, here we go. So thanks. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying not argument. to be biased. I'm trying not to be biased. Personally, again, one of my least memorable Super Bowls, and I'm a huge Peyton Manning fan. I've I've always been a big Peyton Manning fan, and this game was kind of like a uh, whatever. Uh, I think a lot of fans outside of the Chicago and Indianapolis markets would want to erase this one. Uh, it's 14th all time in total household viewership behind every Super Bowl we've had since um, since Nielsen ratings began tracking Super Bowls in 1996. It's the seventh lowest at 35.2 with the third worst share in 1996 uh, since 1996 at 70 advertisers had one of the lowest prices for a 30 minutes uh, spot at 2.4 million Bobby. It's because they go based off the matchup. So they go based off who's playing in the game and then decide how much they're going to make them pay based on the return. So they figured we're not going to get much money back. So that's 15th best among all Super Bowls uh, and and behind two games that I hate. I hate to poke a hole. I hate to poke a hole in that argument and ruin your flow. But unfortunately, that's not true. Um, I do work in advertising. And the reason why that had a lower market share is because Indianapolis and Chicago are so close together. So the markets are going to overlap. But anyway, go on. Beautiful. Let's get bigger markets outside of the the Midwest where uh, I mean, I guess that's where the home of football is. But uh, when you actually get into the game, blowout for the Colts, 29-17, uh, the, the score was not as close as it sounds. Um, it was played in terrible weather in South Florida. Neither quarterback played well. Peyton Manning was named MVP with 247 yards, a touchdown, and interception. And you know who's worse than Trent Dilfer and Kerry Collins? Rex Grossman. 165 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. And the happiest people after the game were those who bet on the Colts to win the game when the line was minus seven in favor of the Colts. I mean, I can do the same thing I just did with with the other game uh, in in my favor here. Um, There were two Hall of Famers in this game, Marvin Harrison and Brian Urlacher. Um, That Colts team um, wasn't great. I mean, sure, they had Peyton Manning, Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison. Um, Dominique Rhodes was was the the running back in in uh, in Indianapolis, and neither defense was. I mean, the Bears' defense was all right, right, Dave, but it wasn't anything to write home about. Um, I I just <laughs> I, I just don't think I just don't think that uh, that this game should uh, exist. Go ahead. Yeah, it, it shouldn't, man. Listen, um, outside of the returning kickoff which you know that that is made an apparent appearance on an earlier show uh Devin Hester runs it back you know I, I remember thinking oh okay like they may have a shot and that quickly went away right so um as a guy that has watched a lot of UF football um I can't believe we were made to believe that Rex Grossman was going to be a you know Super Bowl winning quarterback um you know but you know hey uh he he got there, I guess, but they didn't get there because of him. It was definitely because of the defense. So um that's the only memory I have is Devin Hester running back, running it back for a touchdown. Um one of the worst Super Bowls I've ever watched. So I like I said, I, to me, it should easily be uh removed. And you know, I, I wouldn't miss anything that happened. But also because, you know, the Patriots should have been there to get our, our matchup of uh of 20 years. I know they beat us. You guys beat us to 86. You know, that was a 2006. So that had been great to get that uh, 20 year 
our you know rematch but you know it is what it is but at least y'all lost so <laughs> well either way like i said do away with super bowl 41 one of the worst i've ever seen see you later so it's interesting to me that you thought that you classify a 12 point win a as a blowout number one this had one of the most electric plays ever to start a super bowl 92 yard kick return for a touchdown and this game had something that the other game did not it had fucking offense i know that you mentioned rex grossman sure on the other side of the ball Peyton Manning, 20, 25 of 38, 247, one touchdown. Dominic Rhodes, 113 yards. And also your your, your awful offense. Uh, they, they also had Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Dallas Clark. On the other side, again, Rex Grossman, Desmond Clark, Mushin Muhammad. You still have people that were there that, that were competent offensive players. Also, the Bears going into that game, not, they, they, they weren't just an okay defense. It was like a top five defense uh, in the last 20 years. So, sure, but you you want to know why? I don't care that they they lost. I watched it, and it was entertaining. Go ahead, Bobby. Listen, you're going to take away (laughs) Peyton Manning's only Super Bowl. That's where you're going to go. So not only that, his first Super Bowl, my bad, his first Super Bowl. I apologize. You're going to take away the one Super Bowl that he actually led his team to and didn't have to jump on someone's back. This man is a Hall of Fame quarterback. You're not taking away his Super Bowl. Second point, all right? (laughs) Second I'm just saying, if you're trying to ma- go towards your host, you're going to take away, like he said, the one Super Bowl appearance that he has had third point. I don't think this is about entertainment value. I'm pretty sure this is about the blown lead that the Patriots had in the AFC championship game. And you're getting rid of this Super Bowl for one reason, because you want to forget it, because you had a chance to go to the Super Bowl that year. And guess what? You blew it. You know why? Because Rache Caldwell was your number one wide receiver. I'm sorry. You don't get to go to the Super Bowl in that case. All right. No way. No way. Can I just say one more thing about the show as a whole? Bobby, you, you talk about wanting to take away. These are all hypotheticals. We said it when it was with uh, Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders would have been drafted by someone else. We're just taking this Super Bowl away. That doesn't mean that the Indianapolis Colts still wouldn't have gone to, to a Super Bowl that year, but this is what we have to choose from. So we're, we're choosing the game that we would take away. And, I mean, if we want to do a whole other show where we can reformat it and say, let's figure out how to do this, that was Peyton Manning's best year in the NFL. Right. I mean, he was phenomenal. He was absolutely phenomenal, and it was his eighth year. So, I, yeah, if it means that we, if it means that we get a a, uh, uh, sorry, Ray, I, I almost just blew the category for us, so I'm not going to say it. But, uh, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. that's right, that's right. <laughs> you know say what? It. You know what? Say I'll say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. They lost 27 to 19 and scored, yeah. and they let up. See, this is this is the thing. Bobby actually did in, uh, obviously hit the nail on the head. The reason you guys want this band is not because of the merit of the game. It's because of what happened in the AFC Championship game, which I think disqualifies you, uh, among other reasons. Like, to call that Chicago Bears defense nothing to write home about Fraudulent. is insane. <laughs> fraudulent. I mean, you know, you've already lost now, so now you're just being hurtful. I am. I am because because you know what? You no, know, I'm going to keep going. And this, this, hey, this peanut till you don't need to listen. Till, you, you just right. don't don't keep digging. Let's pull you it know, back. Let's pull it back. The wheels are coming off here. Let's, it's fine. Twenty nine. The, the, the wheels are the wheels are coming off here. Here's the thing. The the the. I agree with you that the scoreline actually is completely does completely misinterpret the game because I think it was actually farther away than it should have been. You're you're uh, taking away Mr. Mr. Excitement's 
opening kickoff of the Super Bowl, return for a touchdown. And if we're talking about halftime shows, Prince performed at that halftime show. God rest his soul. It was one of the greatest halftime shows in the history, if not the greatest halftime show, not contain not containing a breast uh, in the history of the Super Bowl. And like you can't, you just can't lose that halftime show. You just can't do it. That's that's Prince, baby. That's all. I'm all about that life. So you guys definitely lose that, which was hard to do, I have to say, because I was really ready to give it to you <laughs> after that Ravens call. But that was like the Cincinnati Bengals and the Philadelphia Eagles fighting to a draw right there. That was like two blind kids fighting. So <laughs> I'm going to give it to them. But I will say I've thought about it since there was other stuff brought up and you can't take Dan Marino out of the Hall of Fame. You just can't do it. Uh, it's it's not. It's just it's ridiculous. Um, I- he made our point for all, for for all the reasons. For for all the reasons, he I mean, just the shit guy, on Dan Marino yeah, yeah, during his last like, point. Just give us your. <laughs> well, I'll tell I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you why. Uh, because the the main argument that you guys put forward is that he never won a Super Bowl, and that is the 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 stick that everybody chooses to beat that's, Dan Marino with. That's not what we said. And well, I I do. You did, I have a, but I have a pretty well, firm memory. We said memory he came of, into a winning program and and couldn't win anything with the. That, best you said that. Relations. You said that. But Bobby got very passionate and derailed your point. That's not my fault. The, the, the it was this, you you beat him with the Super Bowl <laughs> stick. You you beat him with the Super Bowl stick, and that's what everybody always does with Dan Marino. And unfortunately, yes, he didn't win a Super Bowl, but that doesn't mean he's not clearly a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. He's one of the best quarterbacks. He's one of the best players to ever play the game. And the best quarterbacks that we've seen in our lifetime, unfortunately, we're all trying to compete with Dan Marino. So if you're going to take Dan Marino out of the Hall of Fame, then you got to take away any care for Brady's touchdown regular season touchdown record, any care for Brady's regular season stats. He has six Super Bowls. Uh, <laughs> but that's what we're talking no, about. No, but that's here. not what I'm talking about. That is that's what, what we're talking, talking about. about here. No, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm t- you completely missed my point. All right, well, I'll just talk over each other then. Listen, my bad. the decision's been made, okay? The decision's been made. It's done. The AFC team has won. Bad decision. I appreciate how passionate everybody got. I Nobody was ever going to like my decision. Somebody was going to be mad at me. I understand you think that you're right because that's why you made that point, but that's what we're doing here. It was all a really good job. The AFC team showed off, actually, by winning – even though they, for some reason, decided to personally insult me in the third round for no reason. I don't know what I did to you guys. Don't take this out on Ray. That's all from me. I'll take full responsibility. I think it's... Uh, I, 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 I co-sign. No, I co-sign. No, I'm, I'm right <laughs> there with you. you. I co-sign. The was, you said the defense was forgettable and fraudulent. But listen, here's the thing. You guys won, so congratulations. And that concludes our Week 8 NFL check-in. Uh, wonderful, passionate arguments from both sides. I'm going to go cry about that 2006 Super Bowl again. And uh, I really appreciate everybody coming on behalf of wonderful, best producer in the game, Craig D'Alessandro, Mark Marcangelo, Sean Buchanan, Real BK, Bob Kelly, uh, Joe Malkin, and myself, Dave Clark. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good rest of your week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the SNSW Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you're new to the show, please consider subscribing. It's the easiest way to see when we publish new episodes. We publish at least one one-hour podcast every Thursday, and we post our monthly two-hour show on the second Monday of every month. Be sure to rate us and leave a review of any of our shows. We always appreciate your feedback. And make sure to follow us on social media. All of our links will be in the show notes. For the SNSW crew, I'm Craig D'Alessandro. We'll talk to you next time.
Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric Acid. Electric Acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for The The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Electric Acid.